Well, the 2020 NFL draft is in the books. It has happened. It is over. We have 12 guys who have made their way to NFL rosters, 10 that were drafted, two who so far have signed as undrafted free agents. We are going to get into it. We're going to talk about it uh, in segment one, and then we're going to transition into a little something else in segment two here in the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man at home, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. So it ended up being a pretty good, pretty good little Saturday for Michigan. Didn't have time to go to Home Depot. Didn't have time. Michigan ended up seeing eight players selected on day three. Second most in of any school in college football. The only one that had more was LSU. Michigan was tied with Ohio State. Now, listen, there's Ohio State was top heavy, had a ton of guys go in the first round. And they obviously deserve that. Given what they've done as a school, but with Michigan, I mean, it's you still have to give Michigan credit for development. And as much as people want to point at Donovan Peoples Jones's fall all the way down to the sixth round or. Shea Patterson going undrafted for all of those, for those two five stars, Michigan saw guys like Josh Metellus, a three star get drafted. Someone that people don't give enough credit to Michael on when was a four star who I thought had a really good career at Michigan. Wasn't in any seven round mock drafts that I saw got drafted. John running jr. Was a three star was looked at as a guy that might not ever play at Michigan after his first couple of years, then became a two-time All-Big Ten first-team left tackle, got drafted. Jordan Glasgow, I think, is the coolest one. I think it's incredible that Jordan Glasgow managed to get drafted. Michigan, it's funny because I remember people saying during the year, like I remember... Uh, I remember, I remember some, some of the, you know, people like Jim Harbaugh saying like, if he wants a chance in the NFL, he'll have it. And a lot of people scoffing at that. Guess what? Jim Harbaugh was right. Walk on turned scholarship player turned NFL draftee. That's incredible. Josh Uche was a three-star. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll I'll move up a little bit of what I was going to talk about in segment two now because it kind of organically got there. Listen, I was talking to someone extremely prominent who every single one of you who's listening to this knows, but I can't name names because I can't. And I I have seen an insane amount of negativity. On I know Twitter isn't real life, but for recruits, it's very much real life. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. And especially when I was searching for things, you know, for like Sean McCune, Shea Patterson, Lavert Hill. Now, I did feel like most people with like Lavert Hill, I thought it I think it's criminal that he went undrafted. 
I think it's absolutely criminal. Because he didn't have like a like any kind of significantly worse senior season than his junior season and he had third round at worst fourth round prospect written all over him if he would have come out last year. Uh Lance Zierlein at the at NFL.com says that his size was a primary deal and that he wasn't athletic enough. Both things of which I say bunk. 5'10". He's bigger than... I'd have to go and actually look, and I'm not going to do that. But I, I would... Five, at 5'10", 190, I would imagine he's bigger than the majority of corners. Or not maybe bigger, but the same size. NFL trends towards bigger corners now, in general. But, I mean, Jordan Lewis got drafted in the third round. And he's definitely smaller than Levert. Absolutely. I've talked to both of those guys one-on-one multiple times. So that, And then to say he's not physical enough is absurd, or athletic enough, rather. Levert is very athletic. But maybe he did himself a disservice by not doing things at the NFL Combine. My point there, and we're going to just kind of meld the full discussion together, is I was talking to a prominent person, and they were saying they had no idea how bad the Michigan fan base could be. No idea. And I, listen, I see it more than often than probably most, because like I said before, every time I post something, and the NFL draft included, with the exception of Cesar Ruiz or Josh Uche, there was, and I didn't see any on Bredesen either, but there was a negative comment about everyone on one social media platform or another, Facebook or Twitter, from Michigan fans, not from, from rival fan bases, from Michigan fans, and looking for Shea Patterson news, because my best source as far as that's concerned, hasn't uh, hasn't responded yet uh at, as far as that's concerned like trying to figure out where he he might be signing Michigan fans if if you just search Shea Patterson and, and and on Twitter and go through the latest I do not see there the only non-negative mentions of him right now are neutral mentions like Shea Patterson didn't go get drafted. Otherwise it's all negative other fan bases, but a lot from the Michigan fan base. Listen, I get it. A lot of you guys don't like Shea had the two best single seasons in Michigan football history. As far as passing is concerned, I'm not saying he's the second best quarterback because I'm not also I'm also not saying Jake Rudock who has the be- uh the uh sorry not Jake Rudock. I'm not saying that uh uh John Navarre is the best that Michigan's ever had. But you lose me with this vitriol and it hurts recruiting. I have to say it over and over and over again. I know 
the people who aren't doing that are tired of me saying it. But when I get a prominent voice telling me, hey, this is getting out of hand and it's hurting recruiting. I've had recruits tell me directly. I've seen how Michigan fans are and it makes me not want to go there. And yet people still do it. And now guys are gone. They're gone. You don't have to. You never get to see. Never have to. If you're a Shea Patterson hater, you never have to see Shea Patterson wear a winged helmet and trot out on the field again. And yet you still hate him. Give it up. For the people who are out there saying things now, more people seem to be happy about Jordan Glasgow. Now, a couple weeks ago, when I posted an article about Pro Football Focus had him as the best tackler in the country, stats-wise, had people being like, this guy's a bum. Should never have played for Michigan. Settle down. Be happy for, if if you root for Michigan, root for Michigan. If you're frustrated, okay, you're frustrated. Don't go dogging guys that gave their all, woke up at six in the morning and went and, and to, to lifts. And then it's, you know, and they are up until 11, 12 o'clock at night studying after having had classes and practice and all of that stuff. Like get, get out of here with that. It's absurd. We'll continue this conversation, but I want to segue a little bit more into draft stuff, and then I'm taking your questions uh, as I posted on Twitter. So we'll get to that momentarily. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So yeah, okay. I <laughs> it's just unbelievable, and it's hard. It's hard for me to ignore because, as much as I say it, I understand my platform is not the biggest in the Michigan media. But just the stuff that people say about some of these players is unbelievable to me. And I think the big problem is obviously Michigan's not beating Ohio State. There's reasons behind that that don't have to do with recruiting. Because Ohio State has also earned the benefit of the doubt. No one thought Damon Arnett was going to get picked in the first round. I hadn't seen a single mock draft in my recollection with Damon Arnett going in the first round. Most of the things I've seen saw him going in the, the third. Ohio State has been to multiple college football playoffs. They won a national championship. I thought it was a really interesting a really interesting thing that Nick Baumgartner tweeted. Uh, I'm going to pull it up because I think it's, it's worth talking about. Uh, he did like a 
Well, here, here you go. Michigan's recruiting composite star breakdown had a bit of everything with its 10 draft picks. One five-star, three four-stars, five three-stars, one zero-star walk-on. Average composite rank of the nine ranked, 573. That's, so for all the people who are out there dogging a guy like TJ Guy for committing to Michigan, recognize that Josh Uche wasn't even rated as highly as TJ Guy. Listen, I worked for a recruiting rankings company for three years. Three of the five seasons that I covered Michigan football, I worked for 24-7 sports. They are not, I, and I love all the guys that do the recruiting. I wouldn't have gotten to where I am now if it wasn't for Steve Wiltfong and Barton Simmons. On top of, you know, as much as I mentioned Steve Lorenz. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. They can't see and evaluate every single guy, and every single guy isn't doing the same thing. They do the best they can, but you've got to stop living and dying by recruiting rankings because this Michigan draft just showed you that they develop players. They need to do a better job of having the high-end players, the, the five stars that they bring in, the elite talents, the guys that come to campus already elite, Yes, I am talking about Shea and Donovan, but also Daxton Hill and Cam McGrone, all of those guys. They need to be able to make them into superstars. They have to play out of their minds. That's what Michigan needs. But I think they're doing a really good job with a lot of the their own evaluations, and they're proving it by the guys they're bringing in. I think they have earned a little bit of leeway when, for all the people who want to rip on the fact that the defensive staff is not bringing in a bunch of top guys, well, guess what? They do a really good job of turning some of those guys into really good players. Every time I posted a Josh Metellus article, it was met with a bunch of disdain from people who hated on Josh Metellus, even after he got proved that he was pretty good. I tend to be ahead of, ahead of those types of trends, right? People were all over hating Wilton Spate, loving John O'Corn and Brandon Peters when I was saying all along at that time that it was the offensive line was the issue. And it was. And I use that now to tell you that Ed Warner has done such an incredible job in Ann Arbor. I'm told that with Michigan's four selections in the NFL draft this year, since the NFL draft went to, I think it was in 1994, went to a seven-round format, it is the only time that one team has had four offensive linemen drafted. That is absolutely incredible. I think we all knew that Cesar Ruiz and Michael Unwenu were going to get drafted. At one point, Ben Bredesen. But again, the John Runyon Jr. draft pick by the Green Bay Packers is incredible. Because it's a guy, I would argue he should go higher. I understand he doesn't have the NFL body. He, as far as a left tackle is concerned. So he's being drafted somewhat out of position at guard. 
But man, that's a, a huge credit to Michigan's development. This whole draft is a huge credit to it. Because Michigan went nine and four last year, ten and three the year beforehand, eight and five the year before that, and had ten players drafted this year. Now, if they were like Ohio State and had them all in the first couple rounds, then I think you'd have a bigger problem. Because then you'd be like, all right, they've got these great talents, but they clearly don't know how to use them. Michigan's getting talent. Michigan's developing talent. The next step is getting them to that next level because I think it's a fool's errand to sit here and think that you just automatically become Ohio State overnight. I've How many times have I said on this podcast, how many times has Ohio State had off years in the last 40 years? Two, three? That's it. If anything, there's an indictment on Ohio State to some degree for not finishing the job more often. Given the amount of talent that it puts in the first two rounds on a yearly basis. But you know what? It ended up being good for Michigan. Bill Bender for Sporting News did a winners and losers article. And, you know, all the winners and losers were NFL teams or players. Except for one winner was Michigan. He could have said LSU. He could have said Ohio State. The first two days of the draft felt like a commercial for the first day specifically felt like an Ohio State commercial. Day three ended up being a Michigan commercial. And you know what? When it comes to these guys, yeah, they dream of being a first round pick, but they just want to get there, man. They they want to get that opportunity. Michigan clearly gives them a chance to do that. So this was a great draft for Michigan, given what Michigan was last year. And if y'all who are out there spouting a bunch of negativity on Twitter can chill out for a bit, stop tweeting at recruits. Happened last week when TJ Guy committed. Happened yesterday when, uh, when the cornerback from Florida, whose name escapes me, committed. Guy goes to a powerhouse in St. Thomas Aquinas, has offers from Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and there's people out here bitching and complaining that he's a three-star. Get lost with that as well. All right, I'm taking your questions. I want to, I want to reassure the most of you. I love the most of you. It's the those of you who are obtuse that that I don't particularly care for. Anyway, all right, let's uh, let's get to your questions here in a moment. All right, so I got a couple questions. We will spend the rest of the, the, the time here discussing what you have to say. Uh, I will start with Sano at DFS Sano. Why did Levert go undrafted? I mean, that is a big mystery to me as well. I think it partially is he isn't a workout warrior, didn't show the stuff out in, can in the combine, didn't have a pro day at Michigan. Uh, but 
I, I see people. I saw some people commenting on some of my Twitter, what have you, about you know he gets some pass interferences, he drops some interceptions. Listen, every dropping interceptions is whatever because they're defensive backs and not receivers for a reason generally. And when you play on press man coverage the way Michigan does, David Long had just as many. Well, maybe not just as many, but he had plenty of opportunities that I saw where it was like, ooh, he he got a he should get a pass interference there or he did. I've seen it with Ambry Thomas as well. I don't know. I just feel like there's a weird stigma. Like it was I, I you know, never got the feeling this year that NFL teams were gonna be really high on him. Like there wasn't the campaign behind him the way that there was with David Long, who I still think should have gone higher than a third-round draft pick to the Rams last year, but I digress. Speaking of David, because I don't really know. I, I'll say, I'll, I, will, I will openly tell you this. I asked David Long today, said, why is Levert going undrafted? Because David Long has been my guy before he committed to Michigan. And he said the same thing as me. I have no idea. That's, I mean, it's, it, it baffles me that he went undrafted. But he's in a great situation with Kansas City. Going to the Super Bowl champs, a guy that a lot of people saw as someone who should have been drafted, that's a steal. He'll earn his way on a 53-man roster. Let me put it this way, and I'm not saying this to dog on Brandon Watson because I always was higher on Brandon Watson than most if Brandon Watson Watson can be go from being an undrafted free agent to making a 53 NF, uh, man of NFL roster the way he did, I think Levert will do the same. Because I think Levert has a higher upside. Again, I'm not saying that to dog on Watson. I'm saying that to tell you that if a guy like Watson can do it, I think Levert is a better player and can do it. And I think it's funny because I think internally at Michigan, Levert was always looked at as a better player than David Long. So it makes no sense to me. Donnie at Donnie 644-224-414. Almost a phone number there. Most ever drafted Wolverines in a single draft and what year? That would be uh, uh, in the modern draft era. It was 2017 when they had 11. I'm going to defer to. Actually, I, I think that was it. Period. 11. I don't I don't know beyond that because I'm just looking at your question for the first time. But uh, I, I believe that that was it. It was, a, it was a team record in 2017 when they had 11 guys go. Not surprising given that they were 10-2 and with an upset loss at Iowa, a game that they should have won against Ohio State, and then did not care to even compete against Florida State. Gavin Boone at Dr. Boone underscore 23. Why did teams pass up on Shea Patterson and where will he sign as a free agent? No idea on the latter where he'll sign. He hasn't uh, signed, I don't believe, as of uh, as of this writing or this recording, rather. Uh, double checking here just to make sure that's the case. But I, I it's in, it's in, not incredible to me. That uh, that he went undrafted. My pre-write on him had him going undrafted, but that was more based off of I saw very few mock drafts that had him going, and very few teams 
uh, the later we got in the draft, we're taking quarterbacks. But here's the deal. When you look at the fact that you got guys from like FIU, and I know that guy was a four-star that Steve Wiltfong just absolutely loved. But when you get guys like that going to the NFL, I, I honestly don't think they're better than Shea Patterson. Sometimes I think it's a disinformation campaign. And one of the things is Shea did not help himself in some key moments. Didn't show out at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Had a, had a good moment, but I think it was a net negative. Didn't show out completely at the Combine. Uh, didn't have, what I from what I read, didn't have the best pro day. And he finished out on a sour note against Alabama with what I think is probably was his worst performance in a Michigan uniform. But I think so. I think that that lingers on the tongue a little bit, unfortunately. But I think if you watch the tape, let, let me put it this way there are always rumors that Michigan didn't care for Shea Patterson this past season. That was completely bunk. Guy played with a very significant injury for half the season. You can argue the merits of him playing through and them not having someone else play or whatever, but for the most part, he still was able to manage the offense. A lot of things weren't his fault that went wrong. He never was, I in, in some degree, was put in a position to succeed. And it, it just, and, and I, I don't mean this last year, but I mean, I think... Listen, Pep Hamilton's my guy, but his system was not meant for Shea Patterson and his skill set. Josh Gaddis's was, and eventually you saw that in the three-game streak of over 300 yards passing. I think it, there, there's a bunch of different things. I think he's undersized for what a lot of teams are looking for. And... uh I, I think that he's got good enough arm strength, but you know, some teams are looking for elite arm strength, but they get, they lose me with the, cause I, you know, I don't, is he, does Jake Fromm have much better arm strength? I don't think so. So it's just crazy to me. All right. D Lee finishing us out here. Who do you think was the best fit to the team that drafted them? I mean, Probably Josh Uche to the to the Patriots. Bill Belichick having a multidimensional guy like him. The fact that he gets to line up opposite Chase Winovich like he's done before. Being a, a kind of a positionless player at, with the Patriots on defense is just perfect. I think that is just a home run. I, I, I can't think of anyone any any better. I think Ruiz to the Saints is pretty good, uh, assuming that uh, Andres Pete is either shifted away or what have you. Um, and Peoples-Jones to the, the Cleveland Browns. I know they've got Landry and OBJ, but that's a team that loves to get uh, its skill position playmakers. Now you got... I think Peoples Jones could work himself ahead of Landry, or they can just work in conjunction with the fact that they just have, uh, you know, it. They listen. They bolstered their line in the draft. 
They have the quarterback of the future in uh, Baker Mayfield. They're a team on the ascent. And uh, they got a new coach that should be a lot better than Freddie Kitchens was. I just think that that's a, that's a really good place for him to go. All right, that'll do it for us. We will be back next week with three episodes at some point. Can't tell you what days, but we'll do three at the very least. So appreciate you listening to the Lockdown Wolverines podcast. Uh, definitely uh, check out now that uh, the draft is over, Lockdown NFL Drafts, to, to kind of get some more uh, idea of how all your teams did in the NFL draft because it's going to be huge. And also, you got the Chad Ford show. Get ready for the NBA draft. I mean, it's a huge coup. Locked on with uh, Chad Ford. All right, thanks. Talk to you next week.